0: In the Catholic Church this weekend, in most denominations, it is also, we celebrate Pentecost, which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So let us ask for the Holy Spirit to be with us by praying, come Holy Spirit, three times. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. My name is Father Zach Weber, I'm the associate pastor here, and I've had the privilege for about the past year to journey a little bit with Stephen and Lindsay on their journey and I'd just like to begin with starting with a story. And there is a famous story about the transformation from the boy boy world to the man world. And that famous story is called Jack and the Beanstalk. You may know the story, but let me refresh your memory. The story opens when a young man, Jack, who is poor, lives with his mother in their small country house. Jack doesn't have a father. It's just him and his mother. One day, his mother sends Jack to the market to trade in the mother's mother's old cow, which no longer provides milk for something better that they can use it for. Jack comes home excited from the market and shows his mother with great joy what he traded for her last cow, a bag of magic beans. Jack's mother is furious that Jack would make such a stupid trade And she hits him over the head and throws the magic beans out the window and sends Jack to to bed without supper. The next morning, Jack looks out the window and sees a huge beanstalk that stretches far into the clouds. Jack starts to climb the beanstalk and ends up in a castle in the clouds. He enters a castle that belongs to a giant. The giant bellows the famous words, fee, fi, fo, fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make him my bread. The giant chases Jack around the castle, but Jack is able to bring with him three key objects held, held three objects from the giant. The first thing he finds and he brings with him is a singing harp. The second is a golden goose, and the third is a princess held prisoner in the giant's castle. Jack grabs the spoils of his raid. And escaping the giant, he climbs down the beanstalk back to his mother's house. The giant chases after Jack by climbing down the beanstalk after him. When Jack gets to his mother's house safely, he grabs the axe, chops down the beanstalk, the beanstalk tumbles over, and the giant falls beneath to his death. Jack, the owner of his problems, now becomes Jack the Giant's slayer. Jack went up the beanstalk as a boy, living with his mother, without a father, uneducated, irresponsible, for trading his mother's only asset for a bag of magic beans. A very boyish behavior, indeed. While up on the beanstalk, Jack has to face his fear and slay the giant, which represents the struggle for a boy becoming a man. As he leaves the castle, Jack gains three pillars that serve as a base for Jack becoming a man. The singing harp represents Jack's vocation, his calling in life, his work, the thing he must do to live his purpose. Stephen, your vocation is marriage. Lindsay, your vocation is marriage. And Stephen, your work is being a firefighter to serve the common good. And Lindsay, your job, your work is to be a teacher, to educate the uneducated. And the thing you must do to live this vocation In life, is being men and women of prayer, which I have no doubt that you will do because you have proved that to me. So thank you for your witness. The second thing was a golden goose. The goose represents a way for a man to make money and support his woman and his family. Stephen and Lindsay, God has blessed you both with work to serve the common good in education and public service. As you begin this journey, continue to ask for God's blessing upon your work so you can never forget the importance of the golden goose of supporting one another financially, spiritually, and emotionally. The rescued princess, that represents Jack's bride, his woman, and perhaps the future mother of his children. I hope it's quite clear that, Stephen, you've been blessed with a beautiful bride, inside and out. When we, when we met for our marriage preparation, pre- preparation meeting, Stephen, you spoke about how Lindsay has called you to be a better man in every area of your life. And Lindsay has a great eye for the the truth and goodness in one another, and when she met Stephen, she invited him into becoming a man and to not be living in a boyish manner. A woman always wants to see her man hit his potential and become the best version of himself. The pursuit of holiness in a man's life is manly, and women love to see their man push for greatness. It's a turn-on for them. But as we heard in our first reading, it's not out of lust, it's for a noble cause. All women love ambition in a man, especially for the man they choose. And Lindsay, I think it's safe to say you have chosen well. And just as for Jack, it is the same for every man. He needs the three things above in his life to live. He needs a battle to fight, an adventure to go on, and a beauty to win. But but to get where we are today, it didn't come easily. You have you two have sacrificed cohabitation to not fall into the temptation of lust. You have sacrificed late night, late nights of prayer by sharing your highs and lows. Weekends away from one another, weeks away from one another, long nights of work, going on the weekend to remember a retreat. And having suffered the difficulties of being away from one another throughout the months so Lindsay could get her dream job to be a teacher. And to get to where you are, I don't have enough time to go through that list even to do it justice. But suffering and sacrifice must be a part of the mix. We are all called to be, to model the life of love, which is the life of Jesus. Friends and family, we all must come to know and believe that suffering and sacrifice, without those two things, there will not be peace in our lives. The life of Jack and the Beanstalk teaches us that all of us need to face the giants and slay our problems within and with God's help. The battle is to be loved and to love. And what is love? In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, we hear that God is love. And who is God? Jesus is God. So when we enter into the battle to love and be loved and to lay down our lives for one another, we must never forget that. But do not, you do not have to say anything strange with Jesus. Jesus is forward with who he is. Because without love, we hear in our, in our second reading today, without love, I am nothing. I am a resounding gong. Because we can replace the word love with the word Jesus because Jesus is God and God is love. So just as we hear love is patient, we can also replace that word with Jesus. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. He is not jealous. He is not pompous. He is not inflated. He is not rude. So as you go forward, let it be known that you both are called in the sacrament of marriage to become Jesus to one another, but also to the world. That is to become love to one another so that every time you open your Bible and every time you read this passage from 1 Corinthians, you begin to read what you desire to become. As we hear, Jesus is patient and Jesus is kind. Stephen, God will bless you and will help you begin to see Christ in one another for you'll begin to say, Lindsay is patient, Lindsay is kind. And Lindsay, the same goes for your husband to be As you continue to invite Jesus into everything, for love is not jealous, and you'll begin to say, Stephen is not jealous. He is not pompous, he is not inflated, he is not rude. But the Christian mystery of marriage is that it takes three to get married, to bring Jesus Christ into everything you do, into hiking, motorcycle rides, hunting and fishing trips at the dinner table, when you're doing dishes, when you're making love, when sorrow and pain seem to overwhelm your hearts always, always, always invite Jesus into the battles of everyday life. Invite love into everything. And that love, who is Jesus, who gives you a model of laying his life down for you so you can lay down your lives for one another. So your goal becomes to leave a legacy even more memorable than Jack and the Beanstalk. Your goal thus becomes to be Jesus in your marriage and to be Jesus to the world so that you can bear fruit that lasts, bear fruit that remains, that will go on for generations and generations. And that goal will open your hearts to the opportunity of leaving a legacy to others to see the importance of suffering and sacrifice that will ultimately lead to the peace that this world cannot offer, but only Jesus Christ can offer. And Stephen, you spoke highly, so highly of your brother and sister-in-law, how much of a legacy they have shown to you in their marriage. And Lindsay, you spoke about your parents and the legacy your parents have left you in their marriage. So we give thanks and praise to God for those who have left us a legacy of Christian marriage. So Lindsay and Stephen, now it is your turn to start your own legacy of love in Christian marriage, to be rooted in Christ Jesus, and his bride, the church. So the question is, are you ready to get married? All right, let's do this. Please come forward.